Hello everyone, welcome back to Masechet Psachim, Tractate Psachim, where we talk about Pesach and the laws pertaining to Pesach, Passover. We are on Daf Bet Amud Bet, which is to be, to be or not to be, to be, which is at the last line on to be, it says Metve Malzutra, the last three lines on the page, and then we're going to keep going from there. But before we do that, I just want to review a few lines back. We're on the fourth line from the bottom. If you remember last time, we spoke about what is the definition of or. We know it means light, but in the context of the Mishnah, it says, It says the light of the 14th, we check for chametz. We check for leavened bread to not have chametz on Passover. And so the entire discussion between Rav Yehuda and Rav Huna the machloket that they have between the Amoraim, the Amoraim, Rav Huna, and Rav Yehuda. Rav Huna is the one that says, Or means daytime. So we check in the daytime of the 14th. And Rav Yehuda says, Or means nighttime. So we check the night of the 14th. So what is the night of the 14th? So if we say that Sunday, say that Monday night is the Seder night, then Sunday night is when you would check according to Rav Yehuda. That's the night of the 14th. The 14th is Erev Pesach, the day before Passover. So, 14th is Erev Pesach. Let's get started. We're on the 10th Meitve. If you remember, we had first seven Meitves, seven Ra'ayot, seven uh, proofs uh, against each opinion, trying to figure out which one is right. Does all mean day or does all mean night? We went through seven of them that were from the Tanakh, from the uh, biblical text different verses. Then we had 8, 9, 10, 11, which were from Mishnayot. We're going to have another uh, 12, 13, 14, and 15, which are from Gemara or Mishnah. You'll see also Braita. But it's going to be from the Talmud or the Mishnah, the Oral Torah, Torah Shabbat. Okay? So we're on number 10. We're just going to review a little bit. Number 10, on the fourth line from the bottom, the line starts Rabbanan. The third word on the line is Metve. It says, ein masa'ot. So number 10, Medve. So now we have a proof against one of the opinions. Ein masa'ot nira we don't light the bonfires on the top of each mountain to signify the beginning of the month. Unless, so when do we do it? To the light of the next day. So what is the light of the last day or the next day? If you have a month of 30 days and you have a month of 31, so how do you know the difference and when each one ends? So what they would do is they would light bonfires on the top of each mountain from the Beddin, the, the Jewish court of law, and they would figure out when is the beginning of each month. And that's how we would have Rosh Chodesh. Before we had a calendar, we didn't know when Rosh Chodesh was. So the Jewish court of law would signify when it was, based on, I think it was astrology, but based on different ideas in the stars and the moon and the entire uh, cycle of the moon. And they would signify from the Bet Din through the entire land of Israel, they would have bonfires on top of each mountain to signify that's when Rosh Chodesh is and this is when it starts. And so when do they do that? On the Or. So what's the time that they do that? It says the light. They use the word light. So they just just like the word light in our Mishnah. The day of the next day, as in the day of the next month. 
So what does that mean, the night? Uh, what does it mean, the, the light? So because he uses the word light, and Rashi gives us a, a very good uh, idea here, he says that when they light the bonfires, it's hard to see a, a fire in the daytime. So it must be that the fire was on the mountain in the nighttime, because we know that they would light the fires at night. So it must be that, oh, when we use the word light, it actually means nighttime. Shmamina. So that's that's the one that we accept. Okay, my, maybe you're right. May, you're right. The Kamala says, yeah, light does mean nighttime. So we have two proofs for Rabbi Yehuda. Number eight and number ten. Now we're going to see number eleven. It says that when the Kohen was staying up all night to bring Kobanot, and then when the morning comes, he would need to wash his hands and his feet. And these are the words of Rebbe. So the word that they use is ora, which means light. But the Gemara says ora shiny, it's sha'ani. So what is, what is light? Light, there's two words, or. We have light. Ora is with the hay. It seems more feminine in the word itself, but it's a different word, the Gemara says. It's a different word, it doesn't count. All is what we use specifically. It's a specific word that we use. So you can't use this to prove anything. So we can't accept that one. So now we only have number eight and number ten. We're on the last line of the page, Meitfei Malzutra. So Malzutra has a Mishnah that says, Hamapelet or Just to give some background on the case, when there's a miscarriage on the light, it says literally light of the 81st. So there's a, uh, Rashi gives us a lot of background information. In the Torah, there's a law that says when a woman gives birth, she has to wait, if it's a boy, seven days, and those seven days are considered impure, impure seven days, where she can't have relations and so on. And then after that, she has 33 days of counting after the seven until she brings a kolban, a sacrifice to the altar in the Bet Migdash, in the Holy Temple. And that signifies that she's fully pure and she can go back on to her life and that the pregnancy process is over. The birthing process is over. So it's seven days for a boy, 33 days after that. For a girl, it's 14 days and 66 after that, which is total if you count 14 plus 66, 80. So 80 days, and after that, she brings a sacrifice. Now, what happens if she miscarried on the 81st day? Because on the 81st day, you're supposed to bring, she was supposed to bring a sacrifice. But here it says, on the light of the 81st. Now, when you bring the koban, the woman is supposed to bring the koban in the daytime of the 81st. So is this talking about a case where it's the nighttime of the 81st or is it the daytime of the 81st? Before or after she brings her koban for the first birth. So how is this possible? Rashi asks. Rashi says is that in a case where the first birth was okay and within the pure days of her 66, as in within the pure days after the 14, if it was, if, because it was a girl, within those 66 days, she became pregnant, and then she miscarried on the 81st day of her original birth, of her female birth. So now what happens if you miscarry on the 81st day? So the question is, do you bring another sacrifice? Or is it included in the first birth's sacrifice? Because she still has to bring a sacrifice to show that she is pure. So does she count a whole new set after she miscarried? Or does she include it with the counting of her first birth. 
So we're looking at two births. The first one is day zero, and then she wants to bring a Koban on day 81. And she miscarried within the 66, as in she, get, she became pregnant within the 66, and she miscarried on day 81. Is she supposed to bring a sacrifice or not? That's the discussion. Because it says the word or, light, we want to discuss, is this the same light that we can use from a Mishnah? So in this discussion, there's a machloket. Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. The house of Shammai and the house of Hillel. Bet Shammai potrinum kalban, Bet Hillel mechaivin. Bet Shammai says she has to bring another sacrifice. And Bet Hillel says, I'm sorry, a mistake. Bet Shammai says she doesn't have to bring another sacrifice. She can get, she could include the sacrifice that she's bringing for her original female birth within this miscarriage. And Bet Hillel says she has to bring another one. Amru Bet Hillel Bet Shammai. So Bet Hillel says to Bet Shammai, "My shana o shmonivechad miyom shmonivechad." What's the difference between the light of the eighty-first and the daytime of the eighty-first? Im shiva lo letuma lo ishava lo lekorban. So Bet Hillel says to Bet Shammai, "What's the difference between the light of the eighty-first to the day of the eighty-first?" So the Gemara in just a second is going to say that if if. Bet Hillel is putting these two together, the light and the day must mean that light is nighttime. But what is he really asking? If they're the same thing for Tumah, as in, if she miscarried, she still has to count a whole set of Tumah again. It shouldn't be the same thing for a Koban, as in, she, she shouldn't bring another Koban after that. So that's, that's the end of the discussion so far, that's the end of the quote, but the idea is, is that if she miscarries on the 81st day, is she supposed to bring a Koban if we consider that the Koban that she brings is at the nighttime or the daytime? Because if she brings it at the nighttime and she miscarried on the 81st, then we can understand that she has to wait a whole new set. So from the fact that Bet Hillel said to Bet Shammai, where he used the word or and yom in the same sentence, and they're two different things. So it must be that when we say the word all light, it must mean nighttime. So we want to say the same thing by our Mishnah, that light also means the night of the 14th. Shmamina, so the Gemara accepts this one. This number uh, 12, and 12 is accepted. So 8, 10, and 12, and we're going to keep going. We're at number 13. We'll do one more, and then we'll stop there. But the idea, I just want to make sure it's clear, uh, just the idea. So the, the law is, is that if a woman is pregnant. She gives birth to a uh, baby girl. She has to wait 14 days of impurity and then 66 days of purity. She's allowed to have relations and so on. She's pure, considered in those 66 days. But after those 66 days, she has to bring a koban, a, um, a, a sacrifice to the, to the altar in the holy temple so that that can signify as the end of her birthing. So what happens if within those 66 days, she becomes pregnant again and she miscarries on the 81st day of the original baby girl. So that's the real case of the Gemara. And so that's the discussion between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Beit Hillel says because right, we are inferring that is actually the nighttime and she's bringing her Koban in the daytime. So if she miscarries at nighttime before the Koban is brought, is she supposed to bring it with the Koban? Or after, and she's, or is it considered after, and she has to bring a whole new set and wait a whole new time. So according to Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, they have different opinions on the subject. 
We're on number 13. Meitve. We have another proof for one of the opinions. Yachol yehen echal ol ashlishi. It's possible because um, we know that every day we say the Kobanot, uh, we talk about Koban uh, Shlamim. Make sure that I'm not making a mistake here. Right. So Rashi says that we're talking about Shlamim. Shlamim, there were certain types of Kobanot, uh, certain types of uh, sacrifices that were eaten only for a certain amount of time. As in you had a time limit, expiration date you can say, on the time that you're allowed to eat it. So you would only have uh, a day, a night, and a day, two days and one night. So maybe you would have thought that they can be eaten to the light of the third. So what is the light of the third? We have to discuss that, and that's the that's why we brought it here. That's why the Gemara brought it here. So the all he uses the word all of the third day. What is the light of the third day? Vidinhu, and it's logical to say that you were able to eat the the shlamim, which is on. Let me let me put it in perspective. So let's say Sunday, you bring the koban Sunday morning. So you're, you can eat the koban Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning. But now, are you allowed to eat the koban still on Monday night? That's the real question. And so the gemara you're going to see soon is that Monday night is considered the light of the third day. Third day is Tuesday, but it's considered the light. So all must mean nighttime. But we're going to see, are we allowed to eat this koban, this sacrifice, on Monday night? So you would have thought that maybe you can eat it on Monday night. When it's logical to say that. When it comes to Zvachim, which is a di- different type of sacrifice, they're only allowed to be eaten from the daytime and the nighttime, but not the next day. But the Shlamim, which is what we're talking about, which is a certain type of sacrifice, can be eaten for two days. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday morning. So it should also be Monday night. So just like over there where they have a morning and a night, that the night and the morning are together, so too by over here we should have two mornings and two nights, not two mornings and one night. So why is this not the case? It says in the Pasuk, it says in the verse, in the day that you bring the Koban, you should eat, and the day after, if you leave it over until the third day, it should be burned. So this pasuk, this verse comes to teach us is that you can't eat it Monday night. But that pasuk, that verse also mentions is that it's supposed to be burned. Ah, so he's explaining the pasuk that we just said. So he's saying that it can be eaten for that day, but it can't be eaten at that night. So now we're going to go on to say if you're supposed to burn it on the third day, are you supposed to burn it immediately on Monday night or is it supposed to be on Tuesday morning? It's logical to say that you should burn it on Monday night. Why? Because it's not, you're not allowed to eat it. So why shouldn't you just burn it? So now we're going to try to uh, put two laws that are, that are connected and apply one idea from that law onto another law. So in one case of Zvachim, it's called Zvachim, a certain type of sacrifice that we bring in the Pet in the Holy Temple. If 
we say in that case, right after you're not allowed, as in when the time comes when you're prohibited from eating it, you're supposed to burn it, which is that morning, the next morning. Then so too by shlamim, which is what we're talking about, that you should burn it immediately, which would be on Monday night and not on Tuesday morning. No, that's why we have a pasuk, Talmud Lomar, it says in the verse, It says specifically you're supposed to burn it on Tuesday morning and not Monday night. You're not allowed to burn it at night, you're supposed to burn it during the day. So why do we bring this whole discussion about kobanot and sacrifices and third day, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday? It doesn't make sense. Why do we bring it? Why? Because of one word. We had one word in the entire discussion. What was the word? Oh, it said, oh, the night of the third day, which we saw was Monday night. So it must mean by the fact that they said the light of the third day, so light must mean nighttime. And so we can apply light meaning nighttime in our Mishnah. And so Rav Yehuda has this proof with him. Shmamina, Gemara says, yeah, you're right. It's a good proof. We'll stop here. We're at the 14th. We're not stopping. We're, we're, we're just stopping here for the Gemara. I'm going to give you some chasidut on this Masechet. Just to introduce a little bit of secrets. Let me see if I can find it. In Sfat Emet, on Parshat HaChodesh, he actually quotes this Masechet. Uh, here. Ube Emet. And in reality... Before this, I'm, I'm taking it in the middle, but before he was speaking here, he said that there, a person has to have um, a certain level of uh, avodah, a certain level of service to the Creator so that he can do the things in the right way. But, he says, in reality, everything is for the best. As in, we're, we're okay either way we go. So he says here that the sages uh, were doshin, they, they were explaining in our Mesechet, Mesechet Psachim, Daf Bet Amud Bet, 2b. If you remember, when we talk about David who thought that he was going to be chased and, and murdered, he actually saw that it was going to be okay. And he said a certain verse. And from that verse, we wanted to say that that all that he used in that verse meant light. Let me just quote it in the Gemara. So we want to say that light means daytime, but really he said we can't. Why? Because David actually was saying, I thought that my world to come will be dark, but now I see that this world, which is already dark, is actually light because Hashem, you saved my life. So we're going to see how Sfat Amit explains this beautiful verse. How does he explain? They explain. I said that in my world to come will be dark and in the end even this world that's so dark and full of negativity it became light for me right David Amalek is saying this because Hashem saved his life the creator saved his life Perush so Tzvat Emet wants to give an explanation what, what are the sages really saying in this Masechet we're talking about when the Bnei Yisrael were sent in this world we're in exile. We're in darkness. We have negative sides to our life all the time. Why? Why do we have such a negative part of our life? That's the Svatimit. Svatimit wants to explain. What are we here for? Why are we in exile? Why is it so dark? What are we supposed to do in this darkness? 
It's to find the light within this world, within the darkness, within the negativity. There are two creations that the Creator created. The two creations are Olam Abba and Olam Azeh. The world to come and this world. There are two worlds, the world to come and this world. So why did He create both of them? So that we can find the light within this world as well. Through, what's the only way we can find the light within our negative, negativity, within the darkness in our life? Torah mitzvot. When we learn Torah and when we do mitzvot. And everything is true. That only when a person has this fear or awe of God, of the Creator, that he thinks, I might mess up right now, I have to make sure I don't give in to the negativity. I don't give in to the darkness. I stay where the light is and I find the light within the darkness. That's when the lights of, of the gates of light will open. So that's the Svat Emet on this, on this Pasuk, is to find the light within negativity. I just want to give, Ben Yoyada is a Sefer by the Ben Ishchai, Rabbi Yosef Chaim mi Baghdad, I'm pretty sure it's Baghdad, Ben Yoyadan Psachim, he gives an interesting idea about oh, why, why do we start this Masechet with the word light? And if, if you're going to see later on, as we're going to see in the next class, is that in the end, there was a Braita that quoted this Mishnah with the word nighttime. So why do we have to go through this entire thing? There's an answer that really the way the Talmud Babli is, I heard this in a shiur by Rabbi Ariel Libriwitz uh, on Aldaf, he says that the whole point of Talmud Bavli, Yagdil Torah that there should always be more Torah. That even, it's not about just having what's set and having what it should be. It's the journey you get there. You learn about Kobanot, you learn about sacrifices, you learn about different laws, you learn about Tehilim. And so it's the path that gets you there. And you learn more Torah on the way. So the Ben Ishchai actually says, I'm going to read it here. He says something beautiful. We know how the Mishnah starts. The light of the 14th, we check for chametz, we check for leavened bread with the light of a candle. It seems to me with the help of, of heavens, King David, he quotes the pasuk, the verse from Tehilim that we say in this Masechet. David was waiting for light to connect to him. As in, he was waiting for the light. He was looking for the light. And that's the pasuk that we quote. And that's how the sages translate it. That he sees that the light is actually there even in this world. So he takes a different verse from Psalms. In Tehilim, it says, You anointed my head in oil. My cup, my, my, uh, course, yeah, it's a cup. My cup is overflowing. In the future, he's quoting in Masechet Yoma, in the future, there's a certain measurement of liquid that in the future, the, the cup of King David will hold, it will be able to hold uh, 221 lugin, which is a certain amount of uh, liquid. It's like a certain measurement. But what is 221? So Ben Ishchai tells us 221 is Revaya. It's from the Pasuk, the same Pasuk, Revaya, overflowing. My cup is overflowing, but it's still able to hold the overflow. 
בגמטריה אחרת, זאת אומרת, זה גמטריה אז רוויה. ויש סוד עמוק ברכה לוגין על עשרים שהוא מספר אורך, אורות והיינו דוד מספרו י"ד, ואם מספר אור עולה רכה, לכך אמר אור בעדיין. So what is the Ben Ishchai telling us דוד, גמטריה, if you take the גמטריה of the word דוד, דלת וו דלת, is And that's what we want to see, Be'ezrat Hashem. So we are on Dav Gimel Amud Aleph, we're on 3A, and that's where we're going to continue next time. Please like and subscribe, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you for watching.